Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I think the thing that I would tell myself is like really have some intensity and energy behind it. It can be really easy when you're in debt to like feel like you're waiting a lot of the time. So I got into this season where like if I knew payday was on Friday and it was Tuesday and I didn't have money in the account, I was just sort of like not living between Tuesday and Friday. I was just sort of waiting for the paycheck to hit so I could do something with that money and get further ahead. And what I would tell myself now is like, listen, that's four days you can be innovative and creative. That's four days you can like make some phone calls to reduce expenses. That's four days that you can um, increase some revenue somehow or other you can create, you can do all kinds of things, but like put some intensity and energy behind it because the longer you wait, the longer it takes. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick? Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times. 
but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of 2022. It is so good to have you here, and I hope you had a very happy holiday season. Before we jump into the episode, if you haven't done so already, head on over to Apple Podcasts. There is a link in the show notes, and leave us a review for the show. These reviews help us continue to grow the show. And in your review, tell me what your biggest New Year's intention is. I'm going to be highlighting a few throughout the month, and I would love to showcase yours. Okay, we're starting out this New Year strong and talking about a goal that might feel very personal to you, getting out of debt. If you've ever tried it, you know it's tricky. You have to really work on your relationship with money and be willing to change habits and just look at money in a whole new light. Our guest, Erin Sky Kelly, wrote her new book, Get the Hell Out of Debt. I love that title. Rooted in her story of getting out over $2.1 million in debt. Her book, and frankly, this episode, is a judgment-free zone jam-packed with tips to really revolutionize your relationship with money and strategically come up with a plan to get rid of your debt. You'll learn how getting out of debt will open up opportunities to build wealth beyond what you can imagine, more about Erin's personal debt-free journey, and small steps you can start taking right now. I'm thrilled to have you here for this episode. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. Let's head into the conversation. Erin, I am so thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Shauna, I love your podcast, so I am honored to be here. I want to start here. So on your website, you say that you teach people how to transform their lives through their relationships to money and each other while having fun in the process. So talk to us about, I guess, the significance of our relationship with money, because most of us don't have fun with money. So like, what are we missing? (laughs) Well, I think that's why people end up with financial stress, especially in relationships or marriages that are long-term. You know, we often hear the quote that like the number one thing that people fight about is money. And I think it's because we, we don't have a good relationship with money as individuals. And so I think it's just really, really critical that money be like an expression of who you are versus like this math equation that you constantly feel like you have to, you know, solve and that you're constantly failing at. Cause I just, you know, there's so many amazing things that money can do in terms of your quality of life. And so if you can sort of master those things by mastering your own relationship with money, you can have better relationships with the people that actually matter. And I guess even stepping a little bit back from that, this concept of having a relationship with our money, I think for a lot of people still feels a little strange. Like, how do we uncover what our relationship even is? That's such a good question. Okay, so how basically what money does is it's like a it's an external representation of like what is actually happening within you. So if somebody has, you know, what we would call a worthiness issue or somebody, you know, doesn't feel like they're deserving, oftentimes they also have um, an unhealthy relationship with money. So that might show up as they, they carry a lot of debt, they give a lot of money away, or they're helping other people all the time. Like they might have bad money boundaries. And so they're 
constantly giving money away to help other people, but not taking care of their own well-being first, you know, not planning for their own retirement or that kind of a thing. And so that like, when we understand that like money is, it's just sort of like a a form of energy. Gosh, I sound so woo-woo and I'm not woo-woo at all. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's, it's just like basically a representation of how you show up that really then can change the way you view money and how you treat it. Just like if you're in a relationship, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with a terrible person, but I made some uh, yes, I have. terrible dating decisions when I was younger, right? And when I was in those relationships, basically what was happening was when I was in a relationship with somebody who treated me poorly or, or who I couldn't get along with, I was allowing that to happen. And I was trying to put their needs above mine. And I was walking on eggshells and I did all kinds of like really terrible things. But it wasn't until I fixed the part in me that needed to be kind of tended to, fixed is not the right word either, but you know what I mean? Like I I needed to do that inner work first, that then my external relationships became better. And it's the same with money. Mm, Yeah, I love it. Wow. Even thinking about the idea of of debt, because I know that's something that is so heavy for so many people. And I tell people that the reality, I believe the reality is that from what I've seen, people move in and out of debt throughout their lifetime. It's Most people don't just pay off debt. And for the rest of their life, there there isn't debt, but maybe they re, redefine their relationship with debt mm-hmm. uh, kind of through that process. And sometimes just crap comes up in life where maybe we have to go into debt. And that's just what happens? That's kind of the nature of of life. But I want to talk about your your new book, uh, "Get the Hell Out of Debt," which, by the way, I love the title. Thank you. <laughs> and I know it's rooted in in your own story of of getting out of debt. You were in some big number, like two point one million dollars of debt. Number, yeah. So, okay, tell us your story, and why do you think the process of getting out of debt is just so wildly tough for so many of us. Well, I think it's wildly tough because it's so easy to get into, right? It's like it's like anything that we want to do to make our lives better. If we want to get healthy and we've been, you know, eating junk food for a large portion of our lives, switching from, you know, Big Macs to broccoli is a really tough transition for a lot of people. <laughs> and so it's that thing where it's like, you know, debt is so normal and it's so prevalent and it's such a like it's sold to us in such an easy way that um, sort of mastering that part of you that thinks you need it is the part that really can set you up to, you know, sort of change mm-hmm. your financial freedom process. I guess the the thing that people need to know, like when it comes to my story is like, I thought I was doing everything right. Like I did everything like how you're supposed to do it. I had great credit. I bought a bunch of rental properties. I was like really wealthy on paper, but I didn't have enough cash. And I didn't realize that the banks, like every time they would give me money, it wasn't because I was a good person or because I was smart with money. It was because they knew they could make an interest payment off of me and that I would put their needs ahead of mine and fight really hard to make all those payments to keep my credit score really high. Um, but to the detriment of my own financial well-being. And so I really like I woke up one day when I was like, why am I broke? Like on paper, I have so much money. I should be like, Kim Kardashian and I am not. And I, you know, added everything up and I was like, wow, I'm $2.1 million in debt and I have no idea how I'm going to pay for it. It like I just kept it just kept becoming accessible. And the the solution I kept trying was trying to refinance or consolidate or borrow to get out of debt. And 
And I quickly realized that that was like a losing game. So, you know, in that process, figuring that out and then really learning how to redefine my relationship with debt and understand like, wow, this is a business. This is not about convenience. This is not about helping me meet my needs. This is, you know, as a privileged person, debt is accessible and and it's there because I'm making lending, like lending institutions or lenders more profitable. They're not doing it as a favor to me. They're doing it because they're making money off of me. And when I realized that it was a business and I started to really understand how money works and what its purpose is in my life, that's really when I started to change my own relationship with it. But what was interesting is so many other people came out to me, people that I thought were successful financially, like realtors, lawyers, financial planners, accountants, like people who worked in financial services were coming up to me and whispering like, I am so screwed. How are you doing this? Like, please teach me what you know. And so that really started the process of like, why are we as a culture in so much debt, especially consumer debt? And do we need to be? And and redefining that, you know, maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe there is another way when possible. Okay. There were a lot of gems in what you just said. <laughs> I, I want to pull one out and have you just go a little bit deeper into it. So you talked about this idea of, of figuring out how money works. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Like how how does money work and like what are we getting wrong? Well, I you know, I don't know that we're getting anything wrong because I just think we're not being taught in the first place, right? Like most people that are you know in their 20s and 30s when I have a conversation with them, they actually don't know what an asset is. Like when mm-hmm. I'm like what is an asset? They're like, I don't know, my car or my house. And those are not assets. And so we're not being it's not that we're not getting it wrong. It's it's that like what is an asset is being disguised. And what's happening is it's being disguised because it is something that a lending institution can lend against in order to earn a profit. So if we are all taught that our cars and our homes are assets, then we're more likely to go into debt for them because we feel like we're doing a good thing. And if instead we were taught from a very young age, listen, if you're like, here's how compounding works. Here's how Here's what an actual asset is. Here's how to acquire them. Then what happens is we're setting ourselves up to be in a position where if we do want to buy a liability like a car or a house, it's not requiring us to trade in our lives. Like we're all trading so much time. Most of us give 40 to 50 years of our lives away in occupations that we don't like in order to keep up debt payments for things that we don't even really love. And it's making us miserable as a society. And so understanding that, wait a second, maybe getting out of school with a student loan and then immediately, you know, getting into a relationship that's long-term, anchoring ourselves to a 30-year mortgage, buying a bunch of vehicles is not the key to happiness that we're being sold. I like it because it's certainly something I talk about on this show a lot and something that I'm just like personally very fascinated by is that the kind of old school way that we're taught about money, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it doesn't it doesn't, it's not what I've seen actually create what I would call quote unquote wealth and also what I would call some sort of balance or quality of life. And yet yes. we just kind of graduate college and we just kind of, or whether we graduate college or not is sort of irrelevant to the equation, but yeah. we just grow up and we start thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, like here's, here's the linear path that we take. And if we're not on that path, like we must not be doing it right. But that path doesn't make us happy. It doesn't make us wealthier. It doesn't, there's none of that. And so it's like a scratch your head moment of, wait a minute, why are we even doing this? Yes. Preach. I love that. It's so true. And I think that's the, the, 
the kind of way we're failing our kids when you, you know, back to your question about like, what are we getting wrong? I think that's connected to it because we're not asked. I remember like nobody asked me like, what is it that lights you up? Or like, you know, they were asking me like, how much money do you think you need to make? And then here's the list of careers that suit that. And here's the list of careers that might suit your personality versus being like, how do you actually want to contribute to this earth? How do you want to show up for people? How do you want to express love? How do you want to see the world? How do you want to, you know, all those other little things that really make life joy filled. And it seems so simple. And so I think that's why like so many of us don't actually stop and like consider those things because it just seems like, well, it can't just be that simple, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, but it actually, it actually is. Uh, Like, I'm curious when kind of your debt journey, debt payoff journey, and when you talk to other people, like how important is that um, another thing we might overlook, but like that visualization piece of like what it would feel like to get out of debt and like kind of keeping that in your frame of mind, because it is a tough journey. Well, I think that's, a you know, when you, when you, I don't know, like, I guess when you look at all of the monthly payments that people have accumulated over their life, right. And if you were to like add up that number and go, listen, if I didn't owe this mortgage or rent money, if I didn't owe this car payment, if I didn't owe these credit card payments or these loan payments or these, you know, if I didn't like, and if I added up that money every month and now I were to compound that, if I, you know, put it in my little, I'm such a nerd. I have a compound interest calculator on my phone. I'm so boring at parties, <laughs> but you know, I put it in my compound interest calculator and I look at like what I could do with that money in five, 10, 15, 20 years. We can start to see how like, oh, these little decisions that we make add up to a huge difference in the long run. And and if what actually makes me happy, let's say, you know, I've got this friend named Lisa Alexander and she's amazing and she's funny and smart and beautiful and all of the things. She's an amazing human. And she's got a little tattoo of an airplane on her wrist. And I said one day, what is that about? And she's like, I have wanderlust. Like I, I love to travel. I want to travel the world. I want to see every corner of this planet. And that's what lights her up. But if Lisa took the get the hell out of debt program because she had a ton of debt. What what she's actually doing without realizing it is she's limiting her ability to do those things. She's limiting her ability to do the things that make her happy because she's anchored into this monthly payment. And then what happens is when we're miserable and we've let, let's say paid off one or two things and we think, gosh, I need to go on a vacation. Well, she doesn't have the cash to do that. So she's got to then put the new trip on the debt and she's in the same cycle over and over and over again. So if instead she could go, gosh, you know, I, maybe I have to work hard for five years or something, you know, like put my head down and right. and work a little harder, but it'll give me 40 years of freedom and I can travel the world while I do it. And I can figure out how to work abroad or whatever. Like that could be an option for her. Or maybe her option is I don't work really hard. I start incorporating travel into my life from an early age and I just start putting money away for like, there's all kinds of ways you can do it, but without really knowing where your money's going, what you're anchoring to, what it is that you really want, and like what represents happiness for you. You end up building a life that like maybe your parents built or maybe other people see as successful and you're actually flipping miserable and it's so much harder to get out of. So really paying attention to like how those monthly payments affect you is like an understanding that, wow, like what if I made decisions so I didn't have these anymore and then any income I earned actually came to me to live my life and or build some assets so that I can, those assets can further pay for my life down the road. Like it just changes the whole conversation around money because now you're not like, how am I going to ask my boss that I don't like for a raise 
you know, how am I going to afford parking at work? Like you're not making little decisions. You're making big decisions, but they're actually impactful and, and make you happier in the long run. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. 
And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. And the one thing we can't get back in this life is time. So Absolutely. if we spent those 40, 50 years and we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, I've, I've never actually been happy where as we could, however old we are right now today, make those decisions to start. Um, like you said, even if it is four or five years away, at least that's, uh, we're being proactive today about, about making those choices and putting ourselves back in control. Yeah. If you ask any 40 year old, like if you're in your twenties, go find a 40 year old and be like, Hey, what do you wish you'd done differently financially when you were my age? They will all tell you like, Oh my gosh, don't get into debt. Like they'll all like beg you. Right. And same thing. If you ask a 50 year old or a 60 year old, they all wish that they'd started younger doing things that set them up for financial freedom early. So no matter how old you are, there is somebody older than you who wishes they were in your shoes because you have the luxury of more time than they have. Mm, yeah, I love it. So I want to roll up our sleeves a little bit. I, I don't want to spoil everything in the book, of course, because I want everyone to read it. But can you tell us like what are some of kind of the, the the core principles that we need to know if we're on the getting out of debt journey right now? Where do we start? Well, I think the first thing I've divided the book into three phases, and it's sort of how we've been teaching people for years how to get out of debt. So phase one is like understanding financial fundamentals. So it's like how money works, um, but more importantly, how you work with money. Because there's a lot of debt books out there, financial books out there that are like, you know, spend less than you earn. And like, 
duh, we all know the math behind it, right? But we're also breathing human beings who make decisions based on our feelings and based on our behaviors. So understanding rather than trying to fit your life into this budget that you've created, make your budget fit your life. And so that's all kind of in that phase one process. It's like more of a discovery phase, figuring out who you are and how you relate to money and how you want to relate to money and what vision you want to create for your life. Then phase two is really getting out of debt. If you've got consumer debt, it's like how to pay off debt. And then phase three is building wealth. And if you don't have any debt, you can skip right from phase one to phase three and start building wealth. But the tools that you use to pay off debt, if you do it properly, are the same tools you'll continue to use to build wealth. And that's the thing that prevents people from going back into debt. I know lots of people who've paid off a credit card and then end up right back in debt later. And so what this is about is like, let's get out of that pattern and let's sort of create a life where sure you can have credit if you want it, but if we can do it with cash or we can do it, and I don't mean cash, like a bag of money, like Scrooge McDuck standing at the bakery (laughs) counter. I mean like, you know, like money that you actually have, not imaginary money. Um, If you can live your life that way while your money is making more money for you, then um, you really can do anything. You can give more you can enjoy more, you can help other people more, all kinds of things. So that's sort of like the how the book's laid out. But I think the most important thing is in that phase one process is really, you know, if you are just starting out on your financial, and I know nobody is because everybody has to binge your, you can't listen to one episode of your podcast. You like, you listen to a Shauna episode and you're binging for life. But so all of your <laughs> listeners are like already versed in money. But what I would what I would tell them to tell someone else who's just new to the journey is like, figure out like what what your earliest money memories are and then what patterns those created in you in your relationship to money and decide now consciously if you want to break those patterns or if they're serving you and if they're serving you then keep doing what you're doing but if you have like a negative money memory or something happened or you know in your childhood or in your teen years that's like a, it sort of has imprinted you then do the work to break that pattern because that's the th- that pattern is the thing that's going to hold you in the same pattern you've been in your whole life. So if you've been in debt for five years or more, odds of you be- continuing to be in debt, even if you pay off a card or two, are very, very high unless you break that pattern. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about talking about the emotional side of money, the mindset around money, because I know a hundred percent that the that is the reason that we our money story i mean we could wrap that all up together but that those are the reasons why we get in the spin where we're trying to achieve something and we just can't get there and like we just can't understand it and when i was yeah. a working uh, certified financial planner when i work with clients it's like well you're just in that you were just kind of on the hamster wheel it's not about the numbers we can yes. keep pushing more money in the system here into your bank account it's not about the numbers we've got to really like hit the pause button, we got to come back and play in all this other stuff in the muck. When yeah. we figure out the muck, then we can hit the play button again on the money. And that's really where the change is going to happen. So I think what you're saying is is so critical. I really wish like people, everyone listening, I really wish you would just like take some time and think about it. Like think about what you're telling them, Aaron, because this, I believe these are the keys to, to really changing your life and also future generations. Yes. I think people don't have those conversations with their kids. And then the kids end up just like figuring out like, how am I going to make it to payday versus what am I working towards? Right. What do I want? Especially if you're married. Like I talked to lots of married couples. I'm sure you did too when you were in your practice, but also now is like, what do you want life to look like when you're 90? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
Like, I want to travel. I'm like, well, do you, who do you want to wipe your butt? Like, what do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Do you want to take a salsa class? Do you want to, like, we just don't think about those things. And those little things become like part of the fabric of like, like, especially as you're like learning to enjoy. Like, for example, I did this work on myself like years and years and years ago. And I decided, oh, I want to live in Hawaii or I want to live near the ocean. That was my big thing at the time. And I currently live in like landlocked, like Rocky Mountain type air. I was like, <laughs> but I was like, I, I just know the oceans for me. I just know it. And then one day I thought, you know, I better try and live a day near an ocean that I want to live to see if that's actually true. Because what if I'm building this whole life and I get there and I'm like, this is not what I wanted, right? That would be awful. Yeah. So I decided to learn to surf and I decided to learn and I loved it. And it turns out that it was true. And I am meant to live near the ocean and all of those things. But like, I think it's important to like set out and look at like, what is a day in your future life look like? And then I want you to go live that day to the best of your ability right now and put it in your bones and see how it feels and make tweaks to it if you need to, right? You might find like a lot of people say, oh, I want to live in a, a condo building so I don't have to mow my lawn. Well, if you've never lived in a condo, like go rent an Airbnb that's in a condo building and see... <laughs> If you still love it once those neighbors are tap dancing at three in the morning, right? Like, or maybe you need, maybe the answer is you need to live in a concrete condiment, like who knows, right? But at least go explore and really look at these things because they actually impact every little decision that you make today, as well as the big ones. It's such good advice. Yeah. I mean, we moved into a condo a few years ago, 10 years ago, and the, the realtor swore that the upstairs neighbor was very, very quiet. We wouldn't even hear a tap of a foot. <laughs> Oh no, I don't like that. Yeah. Laying awake, staring at the ceiling, just really oh. hoping you'd made another decision. But you're right, like testing out that that dream or that vision, even to just say, wait, okay, is this what I really want? Mm-hmm. And how would I feel if I was if this was my everyday? Like that that's so important because that's definitely gonna change the roadmap of what you do with your money to actually get there or to reroute it and figure out, oh, I I think I want to go in a different direction. Maybe I want to live in the mountains. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I've talked to um, this one gal who was like so funny and she was like, you know, working woman and busy with kids and stuff. And she's like, when I retire, I just want to bake. Like, I just want to cook and bake. I said, oh, like, do you bake a lot now? She's like, no, I never do. And I'm like, oh, so we made her like set up for a weekend and like she at the end of the weekend, she's like, I hate baking. I'm going to have Uber Eats <laughs> delivered to me. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, let's put that in the retirement budget and work backwards from that. Like, let's give you the life where you can dial up a baker and be like, listen, I need a dozen gingerbread cookies. Like, you know what I mean? You don't know until you try it. And we all, and imagining it is one thing and visualizing it's one thing, but really living it will really tell you like, you know, how it's going to work out for you and whether or not it's the right choice. Right. Sometimes the fairy tale version is is just meant to be that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, one of the things that you uh, that you talk about I, that I love is that your book is this kind of judgment judgment free zone, which is something I say about this show all the time. But uh, you know, what are some ways that that judgment like keeps us trapped in our money cycles or habits, maybe in good ways and maybe not so good ways? Well, I really do think that the financial services industry is full of judgment and is designed that way to keep us needing them for expert advice. Meaning like, um, you know, if we behave, if we, you know, get the right credit cards and get all the little pieces, right. And we behave, then we get like a little pat on the head. And when we fall short, we should feel ashamed. Um, and the credit 
collectors are going to call and embarrass us and all of that stuff. So I think like removing that shame and really being like, gosh, like what, what is actually real here? What are the decisions I make? Cause we know that everybody has the best intentions. Nobody, nobody wakes up, you know, at the age of eight and says, mommy and daddy, you know what I want to be when I'm older? I want to be broke. Like nobody says <laughs> that. And so we have to really be mindful that like we can, um, a lot of the times like shame ourselves because of how like the suffering comes from the difference between how it actually is versus how we expected it to be. And so if we want to remove that suffering and remove that shame, we just have to look at how it actually is and be okay with that and really be mindful not to shame each other when we make financial mistakes either. Um, Mm. I was joking with some friends on Instagram this morning. I ordered these shoes. I treated myself to this pair of shoes I've had my eye on for quite a while. And I, um, Black Friday'd them and I couponed them and I, you know, got them shipped to uh, Florida where I was going to be. And I had it all planned out and I totally forgot, which is like, you know, the first clue that you probably didn't need the shoes in the first place. But anyway, <laughs> I totally forgot. And I flew home and I just messaged the concierge and said, oh my gosh, was there a package delivered? And they said, yes, it came while you were here. Sorry, we forgot to tell you. And I'm like, no, no, it's my fault. So I'm like, I arranged the shipping for it to come back to where I am now so it can meet me where I'm at. And I arrange all that. And then I later logged in and I looked and it cost me three times for the shipping that it did for the shoes. Oh, so I was no. joking with my friends. I'm like, follow me for more financial expertise. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. And if that had been me 20 years ago, I would have felt so much shame. Like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like, oh, I can't believe I didn't think about that. And oh, like, how could I forget? Like, I really would have been hard on myself. But now it's like, oh, Aaron, like, I realize that forever I'm going to be making financial mistakes. Not big ones anymore, right? Hopefully, but I'm going to make mistakes. And so having a lot of grace for ourselves when we screw up is really critical so that we don't get stuck on what we did wrong and we can focus now on how we can correct it or make things better going forward. Like I guarantee I'll never make that mistake again. But I might if I start telling myself, oh, you're such an idiot. You don't deserve those shoes. You're, you know what I mean? I could get into like a real big shame spiral. And the shame spiral is also the thing that keeps us dependent on sort of the lenders at the bank. So every time we screw up financially, when we feel bad about it, we walk in, you know, make an appointment at the bank and we feel bad and we're like, please, can you help me? Um, You know more than me. Like we're putting the bank in a position of power over us when instead, when we get rid of that shame, we become empowered to make those changes for ourselves. And that's far more powerful and keeps us out of debt in the long run. Yeah, that shame spiral is very real and it's very easy to get stuck in it. Yes. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. 
Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, Experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Well, I, I want to ask you, there's a, speaking of building wealth, there's a picture on your website of you and Oprah hugging. Oh, so I, I got to know more about that. Listen, that was a, oh my gosh, meeting Oprah was pretty amazing. I, I was raised by Oprah as most women were in the, if you grew up in the eighties or the nineties. <laughs> um, and I, I, oh gosh, I don't even know where to tell you about that moment. It was She's just amazing. I mean, she's more remarkable. I think that's what I said to her. I think I said, you're more magnificent in person than I ever imagined or something. But she, she, oh gosh. I think what I learned from her is that like that, it really is that shame piece. Like Oprah was the first person I I ever experienced who had non-judgmental conversations with people about really hard things. Yeah. And so- I just think like, you know, given the opportunity to, to be face to face with her and tell her how much that impacted me was like absolutely critical to my life. So, I mean, that photo, um, isn't on there because I'm like, I'm not a name dropper. I've met a lot of celebrities in my life and I don't, I'm not somebody who's like, and then right. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> me and this person, I'm, I'm quite shy and I like to be behind the scenes and all of that stuff. But I, that moment captured like that, I think is one of it's just so sacred for me given everything that has gone on in in my life and how far like deep in the hole I was and how far I've come since and stuff. I just, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. So you, you made this whole arc, you were in debt, you were kind of in the traditional money system and you kind of arced and figured out, okay, there has to be a better way to do this. And and you, you get yourself out of debt that sort of leads to this book if you could if you could go back and kind of rewind the journey for anyone listening like what would you say some of your you know maybe top 3 or so pieces of advice or just motivating words that would be beneficial as as you were going through that process and really sort of 
arcing, changing your thinking, changing how you were doing money, what, what would that be? I think the thing that I would tell myself is like really have some intensity and energy behind it. It can be really easy when you're in debt to like feel like you're waiting a lot of the time. So I got into the season where like if I knew payday was on Friday and it was Tuesday and I didn't have money in the account, I was just sort of like not living between Tuesday and Friday. I was just sort of waiting for the paycheck to hit so I could do something with that money and get further ahead. And what I would tell myself now is like, listen, that's four days you can be innovative and creative. That's four days you can like make some phone calls to reduce expenses. That's four days that you can um, increase some revenue somehow or other. You can create, you can do all kinds of things, but like put some intensity and energy behind it because the longer you wait, the longer it takes. And also like if when you don't feel like you're doing anything, it slows the momentum down. And there's no shit. Honestly, if somebody's listening and you're like in debt right now and you're like, I just really want to be out of it. I don't know why. I just feel like it's not for me. Like there are people out there who are perfectly happy to be in debt and I don't like good for you. I don't care. I'm not somebody who's like, I'm not coming after you with giant scissors trying to cut up your credit cards. <laughs> I'm here for the people who are like, I hated the way it felt. I knew that I wanted something different. And if that's you and you're listening and you're like, I'm telling you, like go after it. Even if you put a dollar a day down on your debt, every little bit that you do, it's not about the money. It's about the momentum and that energy behind it. And that like promise to yourself and that commitment allows you to see money in a different way. And it allows more money to flow to you a little easier because instead of just focused on Friday and the payday, you're now open to opportunities like, oh gosh, like maybe you figure out a way to earn 10 bucks here and 30 bucks here and $15 here. There were times when I owed the government so much money, like over six figures. And I've made a $6 and 69 cent payment on that debt. And I laugh about it now, but it wasn't about the $6.69 or the cost to acquire that money or any of that stuff. It was about showing myself that come hell or high water, I was committed to getting it done. And those same money muscles that I built then are the same money muscles that I used to build wealth. Wow. Yeah, that's just, it's so incredibly powerful. I love that analogy or just that frame of thinking that it's, that it really is momentum because that's really what it is. It's, it's you having a conscious choice that you're going to do it differently and that you're going to let, even if it's a $6 payment, you're going to let that be okay. And you're going to see that as a victory yes. towards your end goal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I feel like so many people can get stuck with the, the debt payoff, or even if they're trying to save a large sum of money, maybe to, I don't know, they want to buy something, whatever it might be you can get stuck in, oh, that just feels like so overwhelming that that mm -hmm. amount of money. And there isn't, I mean, even if I put my $5 down, like that just seems ridiculous. But then what your brain does and your brain goes, well, why don't you just go out then and just spend more money? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, Shauna. And like when people get a bonus, like at work, right? Like they'll wait and they'll think, okay, once I get my bonus for work, I'll put that into my, you know, 401k or I'll put that in my Roth IRA or I'll do something with that. But then by the time that bonus comes, they're like, oh, but I also haven't been to Mexico to an all-inclusive in a long period of time. So I think I'll like, so it's not like there's this old saying that like how you handle the pennies will be how you handle the dollars. And so it's also like training yourself to be like, listen, I told myself that that money was going to go towards that Roth IRA and I meant it and I'm going to keep that promise to myself. And then I'll use you know, the interest off of that to go to an all-inclusive or whatever, right? Like, but it's, but it's about honoring those money promises that you, that you make to yourself, no matter how big or small, that's really where the magic happens. 
I love it. Well, Erin, this has been so amazing. I really would love for you to tell everyone where they can go to connect with you and grab a copy of your book, Get the Hell Out of Debt. And I, and when I say that name, I just like, I have to give it some sort of like feeling behind it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book is available everywhere. It's at all the bookstores. And I would love if you support your local little independent bookstore, even if they don't have it in stock, you can order it from them. It usually takes a couple of days, but you can also get it from the big chains as well. And the big um, delivery, um, big box stores. Um, on the internet, social media everywhere, I'm at Erin Sky Kelly. It's just that simple. Sky has an E in it. Um, and I just think it's really important to also put the Kelly on the end because there is a porn star named Erin Sky, and we are both brunette. And so it does uh, confuse people sometimes, but that is not me, though I do admire her ability to earn passive income. Erin feels like a warm hug to me. When you're looking to achieve a big goal like getting out of debt, you want to learn from someone who is really invested in helping you get there. And that is Erin. She moves you from judgment that keeps you locked in debt to a judgment-free zone where you not only ditch your debt, you also just feel good about your money, your future, your direction. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, please share it with a friend or family member who is also on a debt-free journey. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing episode sponsors who make this podcast possible. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.